Hello and welcome to But Have You Considered Therapy, a podcast focused on mental health and social justice. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started, the views expressed on this podcast belong to myself and my guests. They are not affiliated with any organization or agency. Additionally, because some very personal information is shared on this podcast, last names may be avoided and pseudonyms may be used. Finally, this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for clinical mental health services. If you are in crisis and in need of assistance, please call 911 immediately. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to www.audibletrial.com slash considertherapy and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash considertherapy to get started today. I love Audible. I have a pretty long commute, so I listen to a ton of audiobooks. Right now, I'm listening to Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. It's a book written by a therapist about being a therapist and about being in therapy, so it's very on brand for this podcast. It's a really fun listen, and she offers a lot of fabulous insight. In addition to your free trial, Audible is giving our listeners a free audiobook, and I highly recommend checking out Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb. All right, thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to But Have You Considered Therapy? Um, It's been a little while since we've been able to record, and today I'm really excited to be recording um, with my good friend Bree Jenkins. Um, and Bree, I'd love it if you could intro yourself uh, for the audience and just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. First, I am so excited. I'm like geeking out a little bit, so don't mind my excitement. <laughs> um, about me, I'm originally from Connecticut, born and raised, went to college there, um, was a sociology major, um, Worked in, have worked in nonprofits for eight years, lived in Austin now for four um, jokingly nicknamed the love child of Oprah, Beyonce, and Michelle Obama, which I hold really dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I host my own podcast called The Tea with Brie, where yeah. I interview a different guest every week. Mel has been on, and it's still one of the most popular episodes I want to point out. Oh my God, how exciting. Yeah, everyone's like obsessed. Every time I listen to it, like, um, I don't know how I feel about Mel. I'm like, that's how I felt when I was <laughs> Um, when I'm not working and doing the podcast, uh, I sit on a couple different boards. I ju- just joined the board for Lone Star Victim Advocacy Project, oh, which great. I'm very excited about. Um, and I think that's it. Thirty single. I'm the godmother. Um, and yeah, <laughs> what's like your What's your What's your astrological sign? Um, my my sun is in Pisces, okay. my moon is in Sag, my rising is Taurus. Okay. Um, my Enneagram is eight. I'm an ENFJ. Um, Me too. It explains so much. It does. Honestly. It does. Oh my God. That's perfect. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Bree, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Um, it was so much fun to do your podcast with you and I've like been dying to return the favor. So I feel like it's important to like put a marker on like what today is like so today is like June 18th 2020 and there's a lot going on we're only halfway through this dumpster fire we're only halfway through this year and it's like I also feel like we have this weird like false narrative hope of like somehow like on January 1st of 2021 this will all be better which like no probably not Um, But there's a lot going on right now. And so, you know, I really wanted to talk to you as someone who I know um, is, you know, incredibly active in this moment um, and also takes her mental health really seriously. Um, I wanted to talk to you about kind of mental health in the 
COVID era and then also in this sort of like new civil rights movement that we're in right now. Um, and so tell me a little bit about just like what I mean, what is the, <laughs> this is going to be such a broad question, but what is <laughs> what has this been like for you? What have the last three months been like for you? Heavy, mm-hmm. but hopeful, okay. I guess, would be the, the ways I would describe it. Um, when we first started into quarantine and, you know, this social or slash physical distancing, um, I was working from home at the time and I was making it. I mean, you know me, I am never home. So <laughs> I was joking with a friend and I was like, I think this is the universe's way of a saying like, since you didn't want to date this year per you and you were doing a lot of like self-evaluation, let's just like make you sit home for seven months. <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> Um, so when I first, when we first started, I was in, I was working, I got furloughed at the beginning of May unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, this is the first time and like, I'm still unemployed or fun employed, however you want to spin it. But <laughs> this is the longest I have been without a job in, since I left college. So oh, wow. like, uh, eight years. It's so like three years. <laughs> I'm 30. Um, <laughs> and so it was, it's been heavy. I mean, I was you know, I just wrote a whole post today about, you know, realizing how much of my identity I tie, I tie to my work, Mm -hmm. right? Like that saying of like, your worth is not tied to your work, but I had to take a reset and relearn that. Cause for me, like I work, I've worked at nonprofits a lot and especially in fundraising and development work, I was usually the outward facing person. Mm -hmm. So I was the one making all the posts, doing all the speaking engagements, talking to donors. And so a lot of my identity and activism came from my day job. And, you know, when I switched over to the other company I was at, I was um, helping with registering voters and running the, the, helping to run some social media there and do some customer relations. And so I kind of was losing my identity. It was that like imposter syndrome of it all, mm. not really knowing where I fit in. Um, so, you know, losing that job, it really was a blessing in disguise because I mean I wasn't happy I was the only black person there Mm -hmm. it was my first time working at a place where it was predominantly white cis Mm -hmm. men Mm. every other job I'd ever had was either mostly people of color mostly women or mostly queer people Mm -hmm. um which you know for me is a lot of the identities that I pull into I'm a black queer woman so I mean I try to be in spaces that are reflective of that and so being at that place, it felt, you know, imp- I had a lot of imposter syndrome, not really knowing where I fit in. Um, so the last couple of months of, well, the last month, I guess, being furloughed has really given me a chance to really reestablish who I am mm-hmm. and, you know, really sitting with who am I outside of my work, outside of my activism, outside of the connections I have to people. Like, mm-hmm. I feel a lot of people connect who they are and their identity is in connection. Like. I'm a sister, I'm a aunt, I'm a good coworker, I'm a good friend, but who are you as a person? And these last three months has really helped me take this time of, you know, being single, not a mother, no roommates, no pets, <laughs> living alone. Like that first, you know, those first three months I was legitimately by myself and it was so hard on my mental health because I'm always out with my friends or because I'm always doing something. Um, but like this last month, a couple of friends and I are like, listen, we've been really careful. <laughs> what if we do like social distance hangs and we only hang out with each other, obviously like, wearing masks and still like following protocol, but it was really hard 
um, especially because I'm really close with my family mm. and a, one of my cousins passed and she lived in mm. Florida and the rest of my family's back um, in the Northeast. So with me, that was like a, the first big family loss that I wasn't able to, you know, do like a FaceTime as regularly because they were like trying to make phone calls. And so I feel like this, this seven, now these three months in quarantine have felt really long to me because I feel like I've changed so much. It's put so much into perspective. And while it's been, you know, I've had a lot of sadness. I've also had a lot of growth and perspective and good things that have happened. And I've really learned to appreciate the things that I do have. Like, although I am unemployed, I'm still, you know, able to keep my housing through, uh, un- through being able to collect unemployment or doing some consulting. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, heavy, but, but hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that you talk about that sort of like coming to, I don't know, that reflection and coming to an understanding of like the way all your identities intersect and like how they kind of make up the person that you are. And we're in this weird space where those of us who are following quarantine protocol, um, we're kind of in this like this space where like a lot of our identities are not like accessible to us, you know, for people who's like, you know, I, I, I do like CrossFit and my CrossFit family and like my gym family is like a big part of my life or people who are, you know, part of organizations or people who are just really social. Um, I know as a therapist, I've had to really like change the way that I think about therapy, you know, doing everything um, via teletherapy. You know, at first I really was not excited about it and, and I've had to kind of just completely change my outlook and my attitude. Um, so it's it's cool to hear that this has been a, a, a time of reflection, but it's like growth always comes with pain, <laughs> it mm-hmm. seems like. And, um, it, you know, it sounds like it's one of those things where sometimes we have to be put in these extremely uncomfortable scenarios for us to be able to grow. Um, and in this case, we were like forced into it. We didn't really like we didn't really make the choice of you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be uncomfortable for the sake of growth. And this is like something I want to do. Yeah. I also think about how much it has caused us to do reflection along the lines of like, who's in your life. Cause like with me, I try to talk to someone every day, like via a phone call Mm -hmm. or a FaceTime, just because I'm like, I'm the worst millennial ever. Like I hate texting. My preferred method of conversation is a phone call. Mm -hmm. So with me, like, having to strategically make that plan and execute it every day has been really beautiful. Like Mm -hmm. it has given me something to look forward to for lack of a better term. And it has also put into perspective of like, A, who do you want in your life? Like there are people who I know I don't talk to or haven't talked to really since quarantine. And it's like, you know, I've been joking with people like there are no apologies during this time. We're all really just trying to survive. And we need to have a lot of grace with ourselves. Like, from those who are like trying to lose weight at this time or those who are like trying to get back in like a meditation practice and I've been trying to tell a lot of the people that we are already dealing with a pandemic we don't need to be terrible to ourselves as well yeah let's pick let's pick something today and you know for the last three months quarantine's been winning so I mean that's (laughs) um but then also one of my biggest things that I tell people in my life and I think it's my social work brain of like I try not to be a judgmental person and and that's just all around and lately i've been seeing a lot of judgment Mm. from people who you know are staying within quarantine guidelines versus the people who aren't Mm -hmm. or 
you know, my friend is a nurse and like, so her perspective on quarantine and social distancing is a lot more intense than like my friend who is not a nurse. And so our friend and I were talking yesterday, like, you know, these medical professionals who are angry at people who aren't following protocol, I don't blame them. Mm -hmm. This is their whole job. I'm like, but let's, again, that whole perspective of like trying to see things from different sides. I'm like, I don't think they're angry at people. I think they're angry at the fact I think their anger comes from worry, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've said this on the episode, which why everyone has issues with you, is that everything <laughs> has an intention, right? Like, yeah. So I have, I have seen it as like my friend who is a nurse, her getting angry at people who aren't following the rules. It's not because she knows them personally. Right. It's because she has seen this and she is worried that things aren't going to like get better if we right. keep not doing this. And so you know with me in my life I've always tried not to be a judgmental person just because the day I'm perfect is the day that you know the sky rains down gold for everyone like that's not gonna (laughs) happen um so I've been trying to to offer that up to other people because I feel like again we are already dealing with this really heavy thing we don't need to be you know really heavy to others either yeah I'm glad you brought that up because that that judgment thing is something I've been dealing with so much in quarantine where I've found myself really like resentful of people that I see kind of like going out and flouting the rules and like, you know, my, I'm thinking like, well, I'm doing all this work, like I'm staying in and I'm working, you know, why can't you? And, and you're so right. It's this real fear-based reaction of like, what's going to happen if we can't get a handle on this? Like, what is my life going to look like? Are people going to be healthy? Are people going to be safe? Are people going to have jobs? It's very much around that fear. Um, and I think you make a great point that sort of like connecting to the root of that is is a is a is a good practice in general and also can kind of I think take some of that edge away, right? Of like and that and also remembering, which is something I try to remember all the time and, and maybe succeed at like twenty percent of the time, which is that like on any given day anybody is doing the best that they can with what they have. And, you know, that that some people the best that they can do is like hanging out with their friends and you know I don't I don't know why they need to do that and it's not really my my job to know you know um so I appreciate you you bringing that up um and I'm telling people like no one wakes up wanting to be a terrible person right right? like no one wakes up thinking hmm how can I be the most offensive person I possibly can today right Right. (laughs) and so like that's really what's been helping me because when we first went into quarantine it was the week of my birthday Mm, that's right my 30th birthday you had all these fun things planned I had so many plans, yeah. right? And so, you know, as March finished out and, you know, things started getting, quote, unquote, a little bit more lenient, I would still see the other people's birthdays of, like, 15, 20 people. And I was like, I literally did a birthday FaceTime with friends. Mm. And, like, the amount of stuff, like, quote, unquote, I had to give up in order to keep everyone safe. And so, like, I for sure had anger, but it wasn't, it was not anger as far as, like, malice towards them it was like jealousy Mm -hmm. of like I am willing to do this in order to keep people safe and what have you but you know you're out here to me toting the fact that you don't think this applies to you and you and your friends you know all these things we tell ourselves in our heads because we are again jealous or you know annoyed or you know afraid um so like while our feelings are valid I also have been trying to sit with what is at the root of this feeling yeah um, so the, Bria, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about kind of the the second big piece of this year, 
um, which is this really civil rights movement that we find ourselves in the middle of. And I'm interested to hear your perspective on a few different things. But, you know, I was it's funny because I was talking to Devlon about it and he said that he feels like this is kind of happening in this way partially because of this quarantine situation um because we've hit this like really interesting intersection of all these like factors that kind of created this like boil over situation and so i wanted to, uh, you're you're nodding your head i want to hear what you think about that i mean anytime i can agree with devlon is a really <laughs> book, so. um but yeah no i i totally agree um on my show we've been doing these tuesday episodes called the kettle is hot because branding Mm -hmm. um and it's me sitting down with either a person a black person or another or a person who is not black and talking um about how like their allyship Mm -hmm. but during these conversations we have been talking about you know george floyd wasn't the first murdered black person we saw but i think I know that all of us being in quarantine, forced to stay in, finally actually watching the 24-hour news cycle. Um, For those of you who actually sat and watched, I have not watched the video. I don't need to watch it. Um, And I think, like you're saying, it was this first time that a lot of, you know, non-Black people saw to the the level of which black people are literally essentially hunted down in this country. Yeah. Um, and for me, you know, I have a lot of opinion on, you know, the protests. I come from a family of people who have marched forever. Um, my grandmothers were really big in the civil rights movement. Like I'm, I tell people I'm very proud to be not only black, but proud of my family. Like that's a whole different tangent, but I have been feeling very much like black people have been going through this for so long, but it literally took a pandemic of all all of us being forced inside, you this having been shoved in your face, almost nine minutes of watching someone die for the fact that he quote unquote, not even realistically used what counterfeit money or you know a badge check that right. he died right. And in the manner of which he was killed by, you know, literally someone cutting off his air and screaming out for, calling out for his mother, which I mean, every woman who is a mother or a parent who is a mother, person who is a parent, period, feeling that. um, I am a mix between grateful (laughs) and annoyed and driven. Yeah. The gratefulness comes because as a black person, I know that a lot of our stuff won't get pushed until white people care. Mm -hmm. I am annoyed because this has been happening for years, centuries, that black people have been, again, hunted down and murdered just because we are black. And frustrated because having white and non-black people of color friends finally saying they get it Mm. and for me that's been a slap in the face because I'm like if you've known me for more than five minutes but it took you seeing a black person dying for you for it to finally click in your head that's a little bit of a slap in the face to me because I am black and Mm. and the whole like I don't see color thing 
doesn't really like fly anymore. Yeah. Because it's not real <laughs> at no. this point. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think also, if we, let's not forget, like I said, we've been in this, in this pandemic for now three months. So, you know, people protesting because, you know, even during a pandemic, it doesn't stop. Like someone said the two things are killing black people, COVID and violence. Like right. that, that, those, that's it. And so for me, let's not forget, again, we're, we've been in quarantine. And so, you know, the unemployment rate is at its highest. These people have been inside. Well, yes, we got these $1,200 checks. Some of us, not mm-hmm. even everyone, some of us, that check may seem like a lot of money to someone but that is either groceries or rent for a lot of people right but then we see that you know with capitalism a lot of these big companies are getting a lot more money and bailouts and what have you so the people who are like you know we're against the looters i'm like that's your privilege talking mm-hmm. because the looters who are actually looting and not causing you know actual like damage of burning buildings that's a whole different conversation the people who are looting and going in and taking things they're surviving. Mm-hmm. I don't even see it as stealing. It's sur- it's survival. Mm-hmm. It is food and diapers and formula and things to keep their families alive because the government has continuously continually failed us, right. especially black people in this country. And so it, I, I think that's the like everything. I'm just, my heart hurts. I am exhausted. Uh, a friend of mine who's a nurse, we were just talking about, you know, intergenerational trauma and how you know literally the water you hold in your body our body is like 80% water has passed through at least four generations Mm -hmm. and so if you sit with that that means you are now bringing in your new stuff so not even you know even if we remove the trauma you yourself have experienced if we go back four generations that is your mother your grandmother your great-grandmother and your great-great-great-grandmother. And the farther back Black people go, the closer we are to slavery. Mm-hmm. So if you think that technically there is about 400 years of trauma in the bodies of Black people because the water passes on generation generationally. Mm-hmm. And so when Black people say we are tired, we are exhausted, we are traumatized, we have never been able to take a breath. We were never able to fully relax. I mean, Brianna Taylor was killed in her house while she was sleeping. She right. woke up and was murdered. Right. So even in our houses, I mean, we've seen plenty of black people being killed while in the house, both from John. Um, I want to say, I was thinking, is, is it Atiana? Mm. Who was playing with her nephew. Playing, playing video um, games. Playing video games with her yeah. nephew. Like, we, we physically are never safe anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, the gaslighting of like, you know, I, I finally get it, I'm, you know, or like that empathet- that trying to have the empathy, I appreciate what you're trying to say, but I do not have space for your feelings because I already don't have space for mine. Right. And white people coming in and, and wanting to emotionally dump into my front lawn and then feel like that is enough, that does nothing for me. Yeah. And so I've been telling my friends, you're allowed to be sad, but I don't want to hear about it. Right. Or... I'm not in a place to receive that because I'm still processing my sadness. Right. And, you know, I, I saw a thing the other day about grief and grief during this time for black people. It's been like, you know, you know how when you lose someone and at first people send flowers and bring you dinner and attend the funeral and you just start to quote unquote move towards being the new normal. 
and then we are pushed right back into it because being black is such yes it is our race but it is so it's such a culture like blackness is 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 a community right and so whenever we see a black person or hear a black person who has died we feel that it's it's personal for us mm-hmm. and so while yes we may not have personally known this person we feel connected mm-hmm. because it is it is a thing that has affected our community for so long right um thank you for sharing all of that brie um it, it brings up a couple of questions for me and, and one is you know how how are you taking care of yourself right now um that is a great question (laughs) don't mean to put you on the spot (laughs) no it's 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 funny uh the other day i was on a facetime and my friend goes okay i love you i'll talk to you okay i love you too and then she goes reach out to me if you need anything Mm. and i said yeah sure she goes no really you don't let people help you Mm. (laughs) reach out if you need anything yeah and i am such a stoic person like losing my mom when I was 15. My dad and I didn't talk from the time I was 18 to 26. And so I have learned how to take care of myself essentially since I was 15, like get get stuff done, keep moving, like I'll always keep moving. Right. And so this time during quarantine was like the first time I got to just sit still. And so right now me taking care of myself has looked like taking baths, taking walks, binge watching Insecure the other night mm-hmm. because I had nothing to do the next day. Um, a friend, a friend took me out of town last night and we, I, we had our phones, but I left, we left our phones in the room and just like played Uno outside for three hours. Like for me, it's been any time I just get to physically not be in my brain. Mm. Um, so like listening to podcasts, um, I listen to a lot of audible. I think I've read like, I've listened slash read three books mm-hmm. in the time that we've been in quarantine yeah. and listened to about five different podcasts that come out every week, multiple times a week, um, editing my own podcast. And so me taking care of myself has looked like doing things that bring me joy. Yeah. So recording podcast episodes and telling people, you know, I would love to record today. I know we are scheduled, but I'm just not in a place to do it. Like I cannot fake it today. Can we right. reschedule? And everyone being super, super um, respectful of that. Um, because I'm just like, I'm going to be honest. And if you can't respect that, then we have nothing else to say right now. Um, because I just, that's been a big thing of all this, during all this too, is like, I realized I had a lot of internalized, like, I have to be palatable Mm. and like, you know me, I am not a person who, who is, who is kept, who keeps quiet. Like I see Mm -hmm. a problem, I address it. I'm very East coast. (laughs) Here we are. But I realized that like, at my last job, there were so many things I wanted to say and didn't say because I didn't have an out. And by out, I mean, I always have like another job lined up before I leave one mm-hmm. job. And so a lot of friends and I have been talking about like the being palatable as a black person and how a lot of people now aren't concerned about being palatable anymore. Like yeah. we're, we're done of falling into like this whole, like you should be grateful that you are here or, you know, what have you, like feeling as though the, we we owe the world something for for acknowledging our existence mm-hmm. and so these last couple of months i've been very much like i'm not going to be quiet i'm not going to smile at white people to make them comfortable mm-hmm. i'm not gonna there's just so much stuff i i'm done doing yeah and, and 
you know, I, I was joking that me getting furloughed during this time has been the worst thing for every business owner in Austin because <laughs> I, now I have nothing but time to go through all the things you post and post about them and tell you why you're wrong. Who owns this clothing company here and she posted, this is way off, not the question that you asked, but this yeah. has bought me joy for real. Yeah. Um, and rest, this, this is, this, there's a point. So yeah. <laughs> she, um, she posted a photo of two women of color. One appeared to be a black woman, one appeared to be a Latin next woman. And, um, you know, turned off the comments on the post, which to me already says, you know what you're posting is controversial and you don't want to deal with the backlash. Right. So I'm already like, mm, got to read this. She then posts, so this was a picture of two women of color in the picture, which to me already says everything I need to know about you. You're trying to use black people for clout so no one comes for you. Mm -hmm. Second, second red, red flag for me. And then I read the post and essentially it was like, you know, we stand by peaceful protesting. Mm -hmm. We stand by, you know, people who don't protest illegally, you know, going on a bridge is illegal uh, or like an interstate is illegal. We don't support looting because stealing is wrong um blah blah that's the crap she said and so i reposted it i was like these are the three things that i want to talk about that i have an issue with on this post the fact that you use black people as like your the two women in this photo yes they agreed to have their image used but i'm sure not as a model minority for you mm -hmm. the fact that you wrote this thing and not even realizing why people loot and three posting this and then telling people to go talk to politicians because you didn't want to have to deal with the backlash of what you wrote right and i was like that's all i needed to say and I get a notification that my post has been deleted. I'm like, well, I didn't do that, so let's go in. And so she took down the post mm. and she wrote me back and was like, I am so sorry. I was tone deaf. I thought what I said was right. I am going to sit and learn and listen. Um, you know, oh, I don't want to ask you for resources, but if you have any, I'd be grateful. Blah, 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 conversation, conversation. Mm -hmm. And so with me right now, like, for me resting comes in waves mm -hmm. like there are days I just do nothing like I call starfish when I literally just like lay flat on my back mm -hmm. in my bed and do nothing like no music on no tv on just lay there um because I mean even when I'm not doing things I will see something on Instagram and, and I feel the need to respond yeah and you know I always tell people like I would rather be exhausted and say something and make life easier for a black person, a queer person, a woman, than to not say anything and mm -hmm. this go on forever. Right. So while I do rest, <laughs> uh, it comes in waves. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um. Well, Brie, I'm. Your time is really valuable, and we're we're kind of coming to the end here. Um. And before we do our little outro, I just want to ask you, you know, for the folks who are kind of in that group of just waking up to what's going on, um, who are feeling probably really a lot of confusion, maybe some shame, um, maybe some fear. Do you have a piece of advice that you would give them for how they can better, they can direct that energy in a productive way? Sure. Uh, first things first, um, if you're feeling uncomfortable, that's a good thing. Um, and don't feel like you have to defend yourself in that discomfort. It is okay to be wrong. You're going to get it wrong, and that is okay. Like, we are, I know we we're taught not to make mistakes, but failure can be good sometimes. I would rather people try and fail than never try at all. And so, number one, 
if you're looking for resources, don't ask your black friends. You can Google ask us. Free. You can ask yeah. us. I consider therapy. Send me a message. Happy to Melody provide will you. Gladly. Happy. Jump in. Um, Google is also free. <laughs> if you can find a coffee shop, you can Google how to be anti-racist. Um, there are tons of books. Um, Rachel Cargill on Instagram. She's fantastic. Baratunde Day Thurston is amazing. Um, you know, Sophia Bush, who is not black, but I think she's a really great ally. She's a great resource to have. Um, Lovey Ajayi is amazing. I mean, there are plenty of ones I can think and list, but you know, my first thing would say is you're gonna mess up, you're going to fail, you're gonna be uncomfortable, sit in that discomfort, because that's just a, probably 10, not even 10% of what black people have felt the entire time in this country. Mm -hmm. So that's my advice. That's great, Bray. I really appreciate that. Um, cool. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with me through all of this and providing your your wisdom and your experience. Um, and so on your way out, would you like to shout out any um, nonprofits? I don't I don't know if you know of any nonprofits. You, you know, you might just have only a, list. a few come to um, <laughs> OK, so Austin ones um, measure, which I, who I love. Austin Justice Coalition, Grassroot Leadership, um, Algo, I think those are the four I'm thinking of in Austin right now. Um, nationally, I mean, the NAACP, ACLU, Black Lives Matter, um, Black Trans Conference. Yeah, those are those are the ones. That those are great. Immediately. Those are perfect. Oh, the Lo sorry, the Loveland Foundation also. Oh, yeah. Um, and where can people find you if they want to? Yeah, uh, my website is briannajenkins.com. So B R I O N A J E N K I N S dot com. My email is hello at briannajenkins.com. Um, and my Instagram is at briannajenkins. Um, I don't really use Facebook anymore. <laughs> I'm not on the Twitter because that's a whole different dumpster fire I don't have the emotional capacity for. Yeah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Great. And then also your podcast, where can people find The Tea with Brie? The Tea with Brie is um, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. And the website is theteawithbreepodcast.com. Awesome. Well, Brie, thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. Um, for those of you who are listening, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podomatic, Podchaser, basically everywhere you find your podcasts. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Consider Therapy. We are on Twitter at ConsiderCast. Our Twitter is literally just me, like, trolling people, like, trolling racists. So, you know, if you if you follow us, it might be fun. Um, <laughs> it's, it, I should probably put a disclaimer that it's not necessarily, like, representative of the podcast because it's literally just me. Um, you can find us on, uh, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash Consider Therapy. I don't post on that a whole lot anymore. Um, and then you can also email us at considertherapy at gmail.com. Um, yeah, so Brie, again, thank you so much. Um, and this is Mel and Brie signing off. Bye. Thanks.